1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Yet the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And of the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. We'll stop reading there. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the privilege to preach your word. How I need your help. And I pray you'd help me, Lord, to be a blessing. May I be a vessel that you could fill and use. Bless your people through the word of God tonight and meet the need of every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Now, the Bible has uses many different terms to describe a relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called the bride. Revelation 21 and verse number 9. Now, we're not going to turn to all these scriptures, so if you try to turn, I'll leave you behind. But... <laughs> If you have a pencil, just jot them down. Revelation 21, 9, we are the bride. This is a very unique position, relationship we have to the Lord. Uh, you know, nobody is more important than the bride, right? Uh, at least when you first get married, <laughs> uh, that you feel that way, and I trust continue to do so. We're called the bride. We're called sons of God. 1 John 3, verse 2. 1 John 3, verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Uh, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're called heirs and join heirs with Christ. Romans 8, 17. Heirs and join heirs with Christ. Not just an heir, but a join heir with Christ. Everything that belongs to Jesus Christ, one day we'll share in. How does one comprehend that? Uh, that... Uh, uh, he says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, the Bible said, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Ours and join ours with Christ. We're children of God. Romans 8, verse 16. Children of God. Romans 8, verse 16. We're also called fellow citizens in Ephesians 2 and verse number 19. Ephesians 2, 19. In this country... They say everybody is equal under the law. At least that's what the Constitution guaranteed, but I doubt that is true in reality. 
If you have a lot of money, you can buy better treatment. That's just the facts. And, but it oughtn't to be that way, but sadly I'm afraid it is. But we're called fellow citizens, Ephesians 2.19. We're called saints in Philippians 1 and verse 1. I heard where that uh, the Pope was uh, contemplating making uh, this individual, this lady that had died many years ago, a saint. Well, uh, you know, the Bible said that all of God's children are saints. You know, you know the saints the, in, the, in the Catholic Church, they are the ones, according to their theology, that had, had more good works than they needed to get them to heaven, so therefore they can share some of their leftover works with you if you don't have quite enough. Well, I'm glad that my salvation rests in Jesus Christ. Doesn't rest in saints, doesn't rest in the Virgin Mary, rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all saints, Philippians 1 and verse 1. But the Bible calls us the body of Christ. Let me turn, hold your place in 1 Corinthians because we'll be dealing with that primarily tonight in Ephesians 5 and verse 30 and 31, uh, page 1255. He makes a comparison here. The relationship of a husband and his wife uh, is, is, is to portray the relationship of Christ and the church. And in Ephesians 5, verse 30 and 31, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You want to know if your home is what it ought to be? Does it represent the relationship between Christ and the church? If it does not, then there's trouble in the home and it needs to be fixed. But he compares us to the body. We're members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones, that we are become a, this unique relationship, just like a man takes a wife. The Bible said, they too shall be one flesh. Now this is the only place in the Bible that I'm aware of where one plus one equals one. One plus one's two, right? But the Bible says two becomes one flesh. So we're called the body of Christ. And he's talking about the church is what he has in mind. Let me know, let's notice some things back in Corinthians here. We notice, first of all, the singleness of the body. In verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now he draws a comparison between the human body and the body of Christ of the church, which is made up of many members, but there's one body. Now there's one true church, and that is, that is the church of Christ made up of all born-again, blood-washed believers. And everybody that's saved is a part of that. But then there is the local church, and God, I believe, ordains the local church and does his ministry through a local body of believers. I, do, I believe that God has ordained the church and given authority to the church, to the local church to send out missionaries. You find that in the book of Acts and to do the work of Christ in this world today. But there's one body. Now, this body of Christ, as I said, is made up of believers in Jesus Christ. A Jew that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ is not a member of the body. 
A Muslim that rejects Jesus Christ is not a member of the body. A Hindu that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ is not a member of this body. This is a body that is made up of born-again believers. And it is the, the singleness. He said, there is, as the body is one, hath many members. Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. Colossians 1, 18. He is the head of the body the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, the Lord Jesus is the head of the body. And uh, the head controls, right? You can't lift your little finger without your head tells you to do so. And uh, you know, it's amazing the complexity of the human body. Uh, in an instant, you can have a stroke and lose control of one side entirely. Uh, and uh, if you have a stroke in the left side of your brain, then your right side will be paralyzed and vice versa. But it's amazing how important that blood flow is to those cells and to the function of the body. But Christ is the head of the body, he says, the church. And in all things, he might have the preeminence. Above all things, protect the head. I'm speaking physically. Because when your head's gone, then you're in real trouble. <laughs> they have not learned yet how to transplant heads. My wife sometimes wished they would. She has a lot of problem with sinus trouble and, and uh, has for many years. But they've never come to that place yet. <laughs> but anyway, the singleness of the body. Now, the, he is the head and we are the body and and uh, we're a part of his body, the singleness of the body. Second of all, the plurality of the body, and this is not a contradiction. You say, well, how can it be single? How can it be one body and yet many bodies, many members? Well, that's what he said there. And in verse 14 uh, of, of 1 Corinthians 12, for the body is not one member, but many. He said the body is one, but the body is, one, is many members. Not one member, but has many members. Now this is the mystery of the church. Uh, in the early days of the church, that the Jew and Gentile will be a part of the body. Now a, a Jew that is saved today is a part of the church. Becomes a part of the church, the body of Christ. I understand that a pretty uh, well-known television preacher and made a statement that Jews didn't have to be saved. Well, I want to say he's wrong. Uh, he's wrong. The Bible is clear. You go to heaven, you go through Christ, or you don't go at all. And Jews that are saved today are saved the same way Gentiles are saved, by trusting Jesus Christ. And so, but this was a mystery, Ephesians 3, 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body. Now that was a, a problem the early church uh, contended with and they struggled over how that, how that a Gentile could come into the church. The, early, the, 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 the first members of the early church were all Jews. Remember those on the day of Pentecost? They were Jews there from all, other, all different nations there. And Peter there was called to go to the house of Cornelius and preach to this Gentile. You remember the Lord gave him that vision? And there was unclean beasts and the pigs and all in that sheet. And, and uh, the Lord said, kill and eat. And he said, no, I cannot eat that unclean food. I'm a Jew. 
He said, what God hath cleansed, that call not thy unclean. And then he, those men come and inquire, and he goes down to the house of Cornelius, and, and Cornelius and, and his household are saved and become a part of the church. But they had the, had the contention in the early church, well, it's not, if they're going to be a part of the body, if they're going to be a part of the church, they have to be circumcised to keep the law of Moses. They're going to have to proselyte to the Jewish religion, to their beliefs. Now, we can't accept them. You know, that was dealt with. Paul went up to Jerusalem, and they dealt with that. And he says, God didn't command that. They ought to abstain from blood and things strangled and uh, three or four things they told them to do there that would be offensive to the Jewish believers. But then the Gentiles came in. And the church today is made up primarily of Gentiles, isn't it? Thank God for the few Jews that are saved. But Jewish people are hard to win to Christ. They're not easy to win to Christ. I think on the trip to Ukraine, they had 100 Jews saved, right? Had 100 Jews saved out of, out of what, two or 3,000. So there's not a lot being saved, but thank God some are. In Ephesians 2.16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And so uh, the Lord uh, established it so that there was one way of salvation. I don't believe God has different ways of, of being saved. Uh, I believe the Jew has to be saved just like the Gentile and, and right on down the line. So there is the singleness of the body. There is one body, one, one church of Jesus Christ, born again believers. And then there's the plurality. There are many local churches and there are many individual members that make up this church. Uh, the plurality of the body. And then the entrance into the body. How do you get in the body? Well, he tells us here in verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink into one Spirit. How do you get into the body of Christ? By the work of God's Holy Spirit. You're birthed into this body. How do you get into this world? You get into this world through a natural birth. How do you get into God's body, His kingdom, His church? You get in through a, a spiritual birth, a supernatural birth. And water baptism illustrates that. Water baptism's never saved anybody. Now there are people trying to, trying to get people to heaven through the baptistry. I believe in baptism. I believe in water baptism by immersion. But I do not believe that baptism saves you. And uh, you get into the body of Christ through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now there are those who believe that, uh, that uh, the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate work of grace. That that comes after much seeking and praying and good living and all that. But the Bible teaches it takes place at the time of salvation. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you were placed there by the Spirit of God. He put you into the body. Now, verse 18, and now God has set the members, every one of them of the body has pleased him. We'll talk about that a little more as far as our, our place of service. Now in John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. God chooses us. We don't choose him. And uh, I'm glad of that. He came looking for me. I was on my way to hell and headed away from God when God found me and brought me to himself. Now let's notice number four, the function of the body. Now uh, the head, as I mentioned, is, is the, main, the main part of the body. Now let's go to Romans 12 that 
that uh, goes along with this scripture uh, pretty much here in Romans chapter 12. While you find that, I'll adjust this uh, air conditioning. I don't want uh, uh, Janie to freeze. So we'll, <laughs> we'll adjust it just a little bit. So I know some of you are saying, oh, leave it alone, this good, this right. <laughs> but uh, notice the function of the body, if you would please. In Romans 12, page 1206, in Romans chapter 12, and verse number four, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Uh, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Our ministry, let us wait on our ministry. He that teaches on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Seven places of service, seven callings of God, seven categories of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the placing in the body. But notice this in, the, uh, in this chapter, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, present your body a living sacrifice. And I never knew the will of God for my life till I did that, neither will you. I believe many people spend their whole life sitting on the church pew, never doing anything, because they never have obeyed Romans 12, 1 and 2. And because he tells us that uh, in verse 2, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then, he, then after that, he begins to deal with the gifts of the Spirit, the callings of God, and the revelation of God's will for your life. So the function of the body is, is first of all, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, then for God to place us in the, if it's a hand, comparing to the body as we'll see back in 1 Corinthians 12, if it's a hand, if it's a foot, if it's an eye, if it's an ear, whatever function we need to perform, then God places us, and that's our calling. And then uh, uh, he goes on in verse 9 through 16. He talks about our relationship with those within, as you, if you have a Schofield Bible, are, are with one another, brethren in Christ. And he said, let love be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another, with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Oh, if we live like that, love motivates us, love guides us. And uh, in honor, preferring one another, would rather see our brother blessed uh, ahead of us, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceits. Now there's a week or two of preaching there in those verses, but we'll not, we'll not expound very far much on these verses here. But it talks about our relationship one to another and how we ought to react to fellow believers in Christ. And then he talks about our relationship to those without or those that are unsaved. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Well, you know, there's some, some people sometimes it's hard to, hard to be at peace with, but he said as much as possible, 
Be at peace. And verse 19, you know, the president's over in, maybe his home now, I don't know, last week he was over in India and Pakistan and they, they both have the bomb now and, and it's a frightening scenario and, but it's really a religious war. You know, the Indians are Hindu and the Pakistan, Pakistan is, is Muslim and you got to clash your religions there. And sometimes it's hard to make peace. In fact, most wars are fought over religion. Do you know that? They're religious wars. Because religion's what you believe. Well, he said, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Saying that we want to be at peace, we want to have peace in the world as much as possible. But sometimes you can't avoid war, can you? As much as you'd like to. Now he said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is vengeance, for his written vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And I'll tell you, if you'll let God take care of the battles, he'll do a much better job than you can ever do with him. Someone talks about you and you talk about them. Best thing you can do is pray for them. Turn them over to the Lord. Therefore, thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Someone said the best way to get rid of an enemy is to make a friend out of him. Huh. I like that. God said if your enemy hunger, you know, uh, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. People don't know how to react to that, do they? But uh, if, we would, if we would practice, someone said, shoe leather Christianity, we'd be more effective for the Lord. If we'd do more than just talk religion and live religion and, and live out what's inside of us and show forth our faith in action, faith of that works is dead, the Bible said. And so uh, here, this is mighty good advice. The function of the body, and you can go in and study these in detail uh, there for yourselves, but uh, certainly each member has a job to do. Hebrews 13, verse 3, Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. So we ought to have the same care one for another. Ephesians 4, 16, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You know, every, every part of the body, what's the, what will be the main function? The body. I know when I was uh, uh, building my house, uh, of course, you know that I fell, not to got killed, and got over that, and and uh, and I was nailed on some shingles, and I was holding the tack, and wham! And of course, I didn't move my fingers fast enough, and that uh, that tack turned over and just sliced right through the end of my finger. Well, what did I do? I didn't say, well, I don't need you anymore. I'll just cut you on off. You're just a little old finger. No! The whole body rushed to the help of that little finger. Went to the doctor. I better sew that up. And so 
Every part of the body is important in it. I used to work with a fella. He had that joint right there. That little pinky joint, that's all. That was gone. He was in World War II. He says, you can't believe how important that one little part is. You don't think you miss that. You won't think that one little part, that's not, that's not very important. Oh, but it is. My wife found out. Making up the bed. You know, she came in and says, look what I've done. I looked at her hand. I didn't see any blood. And uh, she said, look at my finger. And their finger was down like that, flopped down there. At one joint, and uh, uh, I pulled it back up where it goes, and it just flopped down. Well, she'd been wearing a splint and weeks, and all these weeks, and she can tell you tonight how aggravating that thing is. And uh, it's about to get better, but it's still not good and straight. But anyway, I'm, I'm trying to give you a, a, a practical lesson on this truth the Lord's trying to teach us, that every part of the body is important to perform its function. Now, if, if part of my body doesn't perform the function that God, that, that God put, put, put it on my body to do, then the whole body suffers. This is like when people are out of church. I mean, people are missed. And that function that they're to perform is not performed. And, and uh, that's why we ought, to, we ought to take it seriously. Everything, all of it's important. Every little part is important. Uh, and so uh, we need to realize that. The function of the body, it's all important. And the Lord, uh, the Lord tells us that. Now, let's notice the enemies of the body. Back in 1 Corinthians 12 here, uh, the enemies of the body. The greatest enemy is division. He tells us uh, there in, uh, in uh, if I can find it here, verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. There be no division. That You know the devil wants to divide. Divide and destroy. Isn't that, isn't that a, a tactic of, of all wars? Divide. Penetrate the enemy lines. Divide this side from this side over here. I know we went to Gettysburg several years ago. And it's hard to believe the people that died there. It's just, just staggering. What was it? 50,000? Three days? I'm trying to remember. Uh, but anyway... Uh, more died in, 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 in that battle than, than I think has ever died in that short a period of time in America's wars, if I remember correctly. There's a lot of people died. And uh, the, the northern army was encamped up on the hill, and the southern army, General Lee, he thought, if I can, he thought I can break through those lines, I can divide those lines, and I can conquer the enemy. But he didn't. And, uh, I'll, you know, I viewed that, that open field, and they say it's about like it was in those days when they had that, that terrible battle where Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address, you remember later. But, uh, uh, but they marched across that open field, and they died by the thousands. 
and they did not accomplish what they were trying to accomplish. The devil wants to divide and destroy. And boy, he's having a heyday doing it, isn't he? But God said every part is important. And just because a person is not the head, and none of us are the head, because <laughs> Jesus is the head, so what does the head do? The head controls the fingers, head controls the hands, head controls the arms, head controls the legs, head controls the toes, head controls everything. Or at least that's the way it ought to be. And uh, if you cut us off from the head, we're none of us worth anything. Now, verse 15 and 16, and I'll try to hurry here. He says, we're one body, but many members. Verse 14, verse 15. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body. Is it therefore not the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Well, every part's important. You know, there'd be no point in me standing up here preaching tonight if nobody was here. Of course, I remember I read that story recently about this fellow that preached back in the backwoods of America. And, and he preached and nobody came. And he decided, well, he was called there to preach, so he went ahead and preached. He said, I was there and I heard you. And God saved me and I've won over a thousand people to Christ. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Lord, the Lord used that in, in spite of it. But listen, every, every member is important. The foot is just as important as the hand. Person, the hand may say to the foot, why, you're not important. You don't need you. You can't even pick up the coffee. I'm amazed sometimes people that, uh, that uh, uh, have no hands or arms are able to draw and write with their feet. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? But every member is important. And the, uh, the ear is as important as the eye. If I asked you tonight, what is the sense that you would hate, you'd, you'd hate to lose more than any other? It would probably be your sight. Because I'd rather lose my hearing than my sight. Rather you lose any, any other sense that I have, rather than my sight. We treasure our eyes. But hearing is also important, as well as, as seeing. How important is hearing? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Faith doesn't come by seeing, it comes by hearing. You say, well, what about a deaf person that cannot hear? Well, they, they're able to communicate, though, through signs, so in their brain is hearing, even though their ear is not hearing. They're able to understand, understand what's being said, and therefore they can be saved. Well, uh, we have uh, this, uh, this matter of, of discouragement, and, uh, and it's, all, it's all important. Jealousy. Now, on down in verse... Uh, uh, 21, of course he says God puts them in the body as he hath pleased him, verse 18. I would never have chosen preaching and I've told you many times when God called me to preach, uh, I was shocked <laughs> to say the least and I delayed and delayed and argued and said, Lord, you know I can't do that. I am so bashful and shy and backward. I absolutely cannot do that. But you know something, if God calls you, God equips you. I believe that. I didn't take that into account. I think, I think I felt like Moses felt there when the Lord called him. When I was in school, a friend, a good friend of mine, we were 11th, 12th grade, and, and uh, he said, what are you going to do when you get out of school? I said, I don't know. What are you going to do? He said, well, preaching isn't bad. So you just preach on Sunday and lay around the rest of the week. <laughs> 
was back sit on God at the time, wasn't living like I ought to live. And, uh, but I knew enough. I said, I said, you can't just decide to preach. You have to be called. And uh, I told him, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but there's one thing I do know for sure. I know I'm not preaching. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And I've told it many times, but, uh, but uh, that's, that was the attitude that I had. But God places us in the body as it has pleased him, not as it has pleased us. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 said, not many wise are called. Have you ever noticed that? People you think could do it and say, Lord, look at this fellow over here. He, he, he's outgoing personality and he can stand up before others. That's the man you want. But that's not the ones God always chooses, is it? God chooses the person that can't do it so he can get the glory. See, that's the difference. Then that way God gets all the glory. But, uh, well, he goes on, on down here in verse 21. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the, hand, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And how true that is, that, that every part is important. And then verse 23 and 24, those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So the part, you know what we're to do when someone, you know what the church does many times when someone is down, tromp them down harder. Is that what the Lord told us to do? He told us, no, when a person needs more help, then minister, come to the help of that person that needs encouragement. That's what Galatians said. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If a person falls, if a person falls into sin, well, to do everything within our power to restore that person and encourage them to come back to God. Do we do that? I trust we do. But I'm afraid many times instead of trying to restore that person, there's an effort to, to uh, uh, make it worse on them. Well, enemies, discouragement, pride, jealousy, all these things are enemies of the body. And of course, the purpose of God he said, there be no schism, no division. Where the one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you're the body of Christ and members in particular. Well, that's the way it ought to be. If someone suffers, we ought to all suffer. And I know in our family situation that there's been a great outpouring of concern and care. And I appreciate that. And I hope that I can have the same care for you in your time of trouble, in your time of heartache and sorrow. That's what the Lord says. If one suffer, we all suffer. If one be honored, we all rejoice. I'm glad God's blessed you. I'm glad God's bestowed this honor upon you. I rejoice in it. Not that, well, I'll tell you, it seems like the Lord blesses them and I never get any blessings. <laughs> well, that's not the way it's to be, is it? We are to say, show the same care. We are all in the body, and every member is important. 
every part. And this old body, as long as I have to live in it, I mean, I'm going to take care of it. One part of it gets in trouble. I'm going to do everything I can to get out of trouble. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was looking at my fingernails. I can't believe I don't have a black fingernail. I used to keep black fingernails all the time. <laughs> but uh, we, we rush to the rescue and the help of that part that lacks. That's the concern that the Lord, the Lord told us. We're the body of Christ, but we're individual uh, members of that body. Then he goes on in the last part of the chapter, and he talks about the callings of God, the gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, and so forth. And, of course, uh, chapter 13 talks about the great love chapter. And then chapter 14 deals with tongues, and we'll not get into all that tonight. It's another subject. But he gives some guidelines, and of course it was not the greatest of the gifts. It was a sign gift, and, and uh, God used it in those early days. Okay, let's bow our heads, please.